This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. We speak uh, ahead of the the uh, budget speech to be de- delivered tomorrow by Finance Minister Ino Korongwane. Just getting a sense of what uh, um, some are expecting where this one is concerned. And it happens at a very interesting time, uh, given that uh, we are also heading to the elections uh, uh, this year. We speak now to the president of the South African Youth Chamber of Commerce, uh, Tapelo Malike. Good morning to you. Welcome to the show. Uh, good morning to you, Nkosikona. Uh, and uh, let me also greet your powerful listeners mm. of uh, the Power Zone uh, in this uh, good morning. It's uh, an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much uh, for joining us. Uh, you sound very energized uh, for someone that's up at one thirty. hey? <laughs> that's how we start the morning. <laughs> Certainly. Let's get your initial insights and, and thoughts ahead of uh, this budget. As I said, it happens at a very crucial time, given that it is an elections year. What are you expecting? What are you looking forward to um, where this particular budget uh, statement uh, is concerned? Well, indeed, uh, the finance minister is, of course, expected, uh, you know, tomorrow to um, uh, Minister Ino Godongwana uh, to deliver his 2024 budget speech uh, in Cape Town. And I'm sure all the eyes will be there and ears Mm. Uh, for purposes of, uh, you know, uh, looking at how this will, uh, you know, relate to the state of the nation address delivered by the state president. Um, Of course, for the Minister of Finance, what is key is to outline government priorities in its uh, planned expenditure. Mm. Um, This, of course, will include your financial, your economic and social commitment. Now, the issue here is with all these persistent downgrades from credit rating agencies, you know, compounded by all the soaring government debt Mm. and a staggering deficit of 6% of the GDP, the minister, of course, finds himself at a critical juncture where he needs to decide between cutting expenditure or increasing the taxes. That's Mm. the challenge for the minister. And then I think it's a, it's an issue of balancing. Um, in your view, how does the minister then find the balance? As you said, he needs to make that critical decision. But is there a way in which you believe he could find a balance between the issues of taxes? Because, uh, of course, then increasing the taxes, and many have said that it's inevitable that taxes will go up given government spending. Um, and perhaps they're not willing to really cut on the spending given that it's an election year. Is there a way, in your perspective, that the minister could balance it out? Well, the major concern, uh, you know, over increasing tax is that we all know that the personal taxes are mainly made out of your personal income tax, which already is sitting uh, very high in terms of the performance of the economy. Mm. Uh, you have your value as the tax that is also sitting at 15% already. And one would also then say, in this election year, as you correctly said it, uh, how much more can the taxpayers be squeezed? Uh, and of course, this time around, we don't have any commodity windfall like we did, of course, in mm. 2023. Uh, and the, the main question now is, 
is he going to increase the company tax? Mm. Um, of course, the minister is faced with a challenge because being an election year, he wouldn't want to hurt the voters. Mm. But the reality of the matter is that he needs to find money, especially when you look at the state of the nation address commitments that were made by the state president. Mm. So when we look at some of the austerity measures um, and the uh, plans essentially that have been put in place to try and mitigate against the tough economic times and the essential um, crossroads that uh, National Treasury finds itself at. I mean, we look at issues of the vacant positions that uh, have been frozen in recent uh, months and the reprioritizing of uh, spending away uh, from goods and services, maintenance and capital spending towards uh, paying salaries. Do you think these have achieved their uh, desired uh, intention? Well, for now, one wouldn't say uh, they have uh, achieved its intended, uh, uh, you know, plans because uh, it's not necessarily about that. Because when you cut expenditure at that level of, uh, you know, capacity to deliver, you are compromising service delivery at a larger scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for me, what is key is to introduce a financing model where you introduce new technologies when coming to tax collection efficiency because SARS must be more efficient. Mm. We know that for the couple of years, SARS have gone through a number of turnaround strategies. And one would say that uh, for SARS to really uh, you know, achieve more, uh, they, they have already reached what we call capacity in terms of tax from the tax base. Mm. So the only way you can derive more is by becoming more efficient. So the minister must explore avenues to boost revenue by collection efficiency. And for us, that will be the solution. He must enable, for instance, the vet returns on e-filing that will make it easier for businesses to file their returns. That's another way when you are introducing what we call the financing model that will remedy or that will rescue the current situation. The minister must consider voluntary disclosures for previous tax errors Mm. without necessarily introducing penalties in order to boost revenue tax collection. Mm. Do you feel as if we are likely to hear further pronouncements on bailouts of our state-owned enterprises like Eskom and Transnet, like we've heard uh, in previous years, particularly most recently uh, with Eskom? Well, the issue of the debt remains the leading concern. The state debt has been rising consistently for over a decade now and ramped up you know, considerably in 2020, crossing the 70% of GDP threshold in 2021. So despite a brief dip that we had in 2022, the debt suggests you know, that, again, we now consistently are above the mark. So the real terms the minister will have to raise an additional 15 billion for the 2024-2025 fiscal year, mm. and he faces a significant revenue shortfall totaling over 100 billion. So those state-owned enterprises they continue to contribute to this state debt without a return in investment. Mm. Do you believe perhaps that? Um you know, too much weight is put on this particular uh, budget um, or on our country's spending plan. And there's really 
less um, emphasis or perhaps less attention that's put on you know f- fostering economic growth because essentially that's what we 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 needing to sort of help alleviate the, the the pressure and the situation as it stands and mitigate against it. So do you think we tend to put more um, on just focusing on the budget, but not looking and neglecting where government is concerned, neglecting the other areas uh, in terms of oiling our economy? Well, the, the the big challenge here for, 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 for the minister this time around, uh, based on the pressure from the State of the Nation address, mm. is where will that money come from yes. based on the commitments from the State of the Nation address? So the state has got three options from where I'm sitting. Mm. Is that of raising taxes? Is that of cutting expenditure? Um, and also, the last option, which is not desirable, is borrow more money, because we are already sitting uh, with a mountain of debt. Mm. So, judging by previous commitments and comments by the minister, all the three options are on the table, but they are not ideal choices when you look at the performance of our economy. So, increased taxes will put more pressure on South Africans, and the reduced spending does not encourage economic growth, and more borrowing, of course, gets us into more and more uh, troubles because we are currently only servicing the interest. We have not even started, you know, paying the actual debt. So those are the three challenges that the minister is facing. And of course, if he does not balance this out, then we are going to sit with a bigger crisis. As the South African Youth Chamber of Commerce, do you then have confidence in the minister uh, to take into account, um, you know, the sentiments that you're sharing, but also the sentiments perhaps in uh, processes of consultation that he has embarked on? Are you then confident that he'll truly present the most viable and practical solution in terms of the spending plan for South Africans? Well, from where we are sitting as the South African Youth Chamber of Commerce, one can say that, the, the, of course, the budget should not be all doom and gloom. Mm. Um, and the pressure on the economy and the citizens is expanding collaboration between the state. So this is an opportunity to create that collaboration between the state and the business sector, which can lead to more investment and growth. So that presents an opportunity. And, of course, there's also room to modernize all these tax systems. And we will further leverage on the artificial intelligence and uh, and then promote, you know, digitization. And if all these are executed well, these changes can boost revenue collection without resorting to tax uh, tax hikes and tax mm. increases. So we need to create this platform that ensures that collaboration happens between the state as well as the business sector. And that's the position of the South African Youth Chamber of Commerce. Do you think we also perhaps then, um, you know, could or can look forward to perhaps hearing uh, issues around, uh, you know, our grey listing and how we plan and what are the measures and how have they been implemented to make us essentially get of, uh, get out of, of this particular well, space? Uh, I think from that point, one can uh, resort to matters of attention 
uh, around you know the energy crisis mm. which we need to sort out uh, before we can even come up with measures to deal with the gray listing uh, and and that speaks uh Tabula, are you still there ah uh, we see for instance oh, we need so... to look at the adjustments okay and uh, and the tax brackets to align with inflation Okay, we, we we just lost the la- lost the latter point there. We lost you just a bit, uh, Tabula. But I think perhaps uh, we gauged some of your sentiments towards this particular space to say that we should really look at issues of dealing with the energy crisis, which is posing a big risk uh, to uh, I guess the sustainability or, or rather the state of our economy and and how well we can get that machine uh, sort of going and 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 oil it, but. One other issue that um, you know has been spoken about a lot uh, ahead of this budget speech is the issue of the social relief of distress grant, uh, continuous extensions to that grant. Do you think it's sustainable? Uh, but also, in the same breath, there are people that are now uh, primarily depending on this particular uh, SRD grant. Yes, of course, the SRD grant is uh, something that uh, was supposed to be a temporary relief. But now we know that the current extension by the president is linked to electioneering. Now the issue is that where will the money come from because our economy is not performing well. So that becomes now a burden despite the fact that it was supposed to be a measure that is temporary while we are exploring job creation uh, you know, avenues mm. for people to find employment, while we are exploring small business development, uh, you know, a growth so that these small businesses can grow and create this much needed jobs. So as we speak, it is going now to be a bigger burden for the state going forward. And what are issues or areas that you would say that the minister cannot afford not to speak about? So as the South African Youth Chamber of Commerce, because there's been other organizations, uh, for example, that deal with children, um, urging the minister not to neglect children in this particular speech and the uh, finances where uh, this category of uh, people are concerned. But as the Youth Chamber of Commerce, what are areas that you are of the view that he must address and how uh, would you uh, like him to address those areas well we, we we are like i say we are much concerned about uh, whether there will be a likelihood uh, in terms of the uh, changes to the personal income tax rates uh, you know keeping the highest marginal rate at least at 45 uh, percent corporate mm. income tax is our concern uh, we know two years ago the corporate income tax rate was reduced to 27% mm. uh, during the budget speech, and that was meant to encourage more corporate investment in South Africa. We are now sitting with issues of medical credits. We know that the National Health uh, yes. Scheme uh, was recently approved, and it will, of course, be implemented incrementally. Uh, but the extent of that adjustment to medical credits also remain uncertain. So, so we have levies, and you've got your fuel tax. And of course, the subject or the touchy subject is the value-added tax, because mm. uh, there are suggestions from other quarters 
there's, there's a school of thought that says our value added tax is, uh, you know, currently uh, lower as compared to a number of, uh, you know, countries in the world. So that suggests that if the minister can resort to another 1% increase, he will be looking at, you know, injecting 25 billion, you know, mm. additional revenue. Uh, into into the fiscals. So those are the issues of concern for us. Your carbon taxes, for instance, when when we have to be keeping up with the global trends, you have issues related to retirement funds, for instance. We know that we now have a two-port system, uh, but of course, the, the elephants in the room is what you mentioned earlier on, which is your ESCOM as well as your Transnet. Mm. And, you know, my next point was, uh, or question was going to be around the National Health Insurance Bill. Um, as you said, the likelihood it would appear that the president is going to sign off on it. But once again, the question is, it's an elections year. Do you think there's a genuine will to implement this? Because there's been various uh, opposing views uh, on this particular NHI bill. Or is it once again a case of just saying it's an elections year? This is how we keep um, our voters uh, on our end, essentially, because many are saying in its current form, it's just not the the right solution. And once again, questions of where is the money going to come from to to fund it? I mean, we're hearing now from Harding Premier Bayanza Lusufi that they, as a provincial government, uh, aim to um, buy 18 private uh, hospitals in preparation for the implementation of the NHI. What are your views uh, towards this particular area? The, the issue of the NHI, politically, it makes uh, sense, mm. especially for electioneering point of view. Uh, but practically, it's going to hurt our medical industry. And they have raised uh, various issues of concern, which for me, government uh, misinterpreted along the way. Uh, but the reality is that if we don't have enough funds, if you don't have money to fund it, it's going to collapse. So it will be an mm. electionary story, but post the elections, there won't be any implementation of that. Mm. And then just lastly, I want us to go back to that issue of the debt. I mean, the debt service cost um, reported uh, as a share of main budget revenue increased from 11.9% uh, in the 2024-25 to projected 19.4% um, sort of in, in the same period then, just in terms of that increase in terms of the uh, projection. But how much of consideration must the minister, in your view, give uh, to our um, ever so growing debt? Uh, he needs to really pay a lot of attention to that because what it means is that we will then have uh, you know, an economy that is not growing mm. as a result of us having to continue to service this interest without any, any, in any uh, new investment opportunities being created. Because uh, when you create a conducive environment for investment to be attracted and for economic growth, then that will then leverage on us being able to service our debt. But if we continue to create more and more debt, like I said earlier on, 
we are already sitting with a mountain when coming to death. Mm. So, and we know that a lot of that happened uh, just during that COVID. And that money did not even go to what we were planning to do in terms of your uh, COVID-19 response plan. In fact, it went to it went to the pockets uh, of those who benefited. Mm. And we are yet to see those arrests. Uh, but uh, uh, like I say, that is a thorny issue that the minister must pay more attention to. Mr. Malika, thanks very much for your time. I really do appreciate uh, you uh, joining us this morning just to help us unpack and make sense um, of this much-anticipated budget speech and what perhaps we can expect and what your then uh, request of the Minister of Finance in Okorongane are. Thanks very much uh, for your time. Thank you very much, Nkos Kona, and be blessed. Thank you very much. That's uh, uh, Tapelo Malika, the president of the South African Youth Chamber of Commerce. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.